don't know because I I could not believe this was a thing when I when I found it. But um, so I was looking into the Punisher and Ooh. and and uh, what was it? Issues fifty nine through sixty two. We're talking myst- like the very early stuff, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So mysteriously, they are not on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to look into the story and see what is what's the deal with this so apparently the punisher gets beat up so bad by jigsaw that he he has this you know the whole skin graft thing uh-huh. and he turns into a black man yeah. yeah what is this i don't know and it's something that like i've been meaning to post to the timeline um i often find like if i'm on marvel unlimited and i can't find a specific issue like it just kind of jumps yeah i automatically assume it's because some bullshit didn't happen um similar <laughs> to that, <laughs> like similar to that uh what was it web of spider-man yeah i was uh going back to read a couple of those issues and like it stops at like episode not episode but like issue 32 or something weird right. like that and I'm like, well, let me just go ahead and download the whole thing. So I go to download it. And mm-hmm. the, I guess it's issue 36. That's the one I was trying to find. And in the beginning of it, Mary Jane is like walking home from getting groceries. And like Peter pops up on her in the black suit out of nowhere and scares the shit out of her. And <laughs> little, then... Um, a little creepy. <laughs> oh, so like they do like a little role play. Oh. Right. And they go home and like it's like alluded to that they end up having sex in the shower. And I'm like, okay, one, this isn't that scandalous, but also mm-hmm. it just kind of tickled me because I'm like, of course y'all would remove this. But then later on in the series, some other weird stuff happens and those issues are actually on there. So yeah, if you ever, if you're like on Marvel Unlimited and you get to some issues from a series and they're missing, they're worth you looking up because it's probably something that they don't want anybody to remember. Yeah. So this thing, if there was a way, because I know they, they, they sell it online. I think it's like, I want to say like 15, 16 bucks for like the, uh-huh. for like the three issue uh, series that the story takes yeah. place. I've been making it my mission to find this, <laughs> to find this story because what the hell? <laughs> I might actually have it. Um, I'm almost positive I do. Let me see, and I'll send you the link. Oh my gosh! If you have it, like, that would be great because I think yeah, we we need that'll be one of the ones that we have to oh, do. We absolutely I, have to. I have questions. That. I have so many questions because what were they thinking? Welcome to Marvel Did What on the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast Network. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Canton III. We are back for episode two, I'm along with my co-host, Stephanie Williams. Stephanie, it's been a long time. Pandemic hit, racism hit, all this other stuff hit. How you been? I mean, I'm fine. Like, we're really going through our own Marvel event right now. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a million issues that an only way that you can keep up with it if you bought all of them and you'd be bankrupt so yeah <laughs> yeah so it, it's funny thinking about uh as we as we get back into this endeavor uh what we chose to do what you chose uh which was really interesting and I, actually very relatable to a lot of the things that are happening in real life right now um x-men unlimited issue number seven 
uh, which was written by Howard Mackey, the penciler John Romita Jr., letterer Richard Starklings, inker Joe Rubenstein, and colorist Matt Webb. It's a story of Storm. Storm and an old, old teacher of hers. And uh, things get a little complicated um, as uh, she tries to save a young boy uh, and the many issues that surmise and come back in terms of trauma and things like that. Very, very intriguing. So I'm guessing that was one of the things that stood out to you. What else stood out to you in picking this? Um, just the fact that Storm had like the standalone story because in all of the X-Men history, I mean, like that verily happens, which is just wild to me because X-Men have been around for what, almost 60 something years now, uh, yeah. maybe a little longer than that. So um, that's instantly what drew me to this, this issue, of course. But um, the fact that you get all of the things that you mentioned, her trauma um, just from growing up and you get to see a different side of Storm that you don't normally see. And like the, you know, like, uncanny x-men or any of that like you get you know from the streets storm which is exactly. my favorite storm and probably why i like mohawk storm so much so um i don't know, like i picked this because i like it just kind of felt like it was relevant yeah um in many ways and um listen gambit gene and storm need to go on more adventures together like they make a really great <laughs> <laughs> trio clearly clearly i it's funny, uh, in, in reading it, I, I found, um, you know, it, we know that Storm is strong, mm -hmm. but it's something that not only a lot of Black women deal with, but just Black people in general deal with trauma and carrying it and continuing to carry it. Sometimes there's no, there's no solution and you still have to end up keep carrying it. There's no winning. Yeah. And you have to keep carrying it. And that's like the thing that I took out of it the most. Oh, for sure. And um, yeah, that's what hit home for me, especially like in the midst of it where, you know, the rubble's all around them as, as uh, Kandra attacks them. And, and it's a whole big thing. And then Storm just has those memories of when she was a child and the stuff that happened to her parents. And, you know, it, it just kind of, it hits you on a visceral level. So I, so I guess we could kind of get into like your, your general thoughts on like the whole story itself and uh, what particular parts stood out to you. So of course, um, the part that, I just want to talk about this real quick is before I forget, yeah, sure. but the part that um, stuck out to me the most was the standoff that she kind of has with who I was calling Canada Drive for like the longest, but Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> their standoff because um you know you think it's about to be this big huge epic fight and it ends up not being because storm like gives her a swift uppercut and then that's it and yeah. i just kind of really love that moment because you know you're reminded that storm is this powerful mutant but storm also is excellent in hand-to-hand -hand combat right. even if you want to say that you know she kind of caught her off guard whatever like it's a fight um, what do they say about boxing? You should always protect yourself. And Kendra didn't do that. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I think another part that I really liked about that, um, you mentioned the rubble around her. And yeah. there is, you know, Storm is claustrophobic. So when that happens, she freezes up. She goes and she's reliving her trauma. And like Storm is just kind of catatonic and she can't do anything. I really love that. Jean Grey talks her through it. 
I really love that because I don't know if a lot of folks kind of notice in their readings with, you know, reading X-Men, but Jean Grey and Storm really have a really great friendship. Yeah. Friendship that um, I really wish like over the years would be explored more. I think they're kind of doing that in the newer X-Men. Because um, what was that? X-Men Red? I really okay. enjoyed that because you get a lot of it. But, oh, okay. I'll check um, that out. Gene and Storm, like they, they're really there for one another. And it's just another, another, I guess, incident of the X-Men members actually helping each other more than Charles could ever help them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and, uh, and no Charles in this issue. So that, that was a, a refreshing, a wasn't plus, it? Right. It, it's a huge plus, <laughs> but um, those are like my two favorite moments. And then also just to kind of see Storm back at home, right? Um, yeah. She's in the streets of Cairo and just taking Gambit and Jean through what her life was like before she joined them. So it's um, it's taking it back to, you know, Storm came home. It's like homecoming, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, a little Beyonce there. So I mean, <laughs> what is there to not like about that? Yeah, um, it's funny because uh, when I think about just like the the general story yeah the the coming home theme is cool um just getting into Gamb- gambit uh his very uh laissez-faire um attitude towards everything is also really cool like he's you know he's kind of just hanging back and chilling pretty much the whole issue um and just making uh, wise cracks here and there i thought that was fun um and to to be honest like i thought i thought kandra was um very cunning like you get that off the bat just the the wit the control that she exudes and i think the thing that really stands out to me is that in a lot of ways even though she was beat in the end she won in the end oh yeah because jameel still went with her yeah and i think that it and that like it's equal parts heartbreaking but also like damn she's good she is really good and again like if we really i know we've gotten like one storm like you know series but i kind of wish if we were to get another one that kendra would be brought back to kind of be like that um that arch nemesis for Mm. storm because i really feel like they're well matched in that way and there i think it happens maybe i don't know four or five pages in and kendra arrives and She's like, no, Bond. we can't. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bond like, was uh, like, oh, and then she was like, you thought. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like they arrive and she's like, no, we can't kill the, we can't kill the old man. Like we need it. We need to set precedent. I need to set precedent that he is not a martyr. Um, I do not want him celebrated. Like I want this boy to be worshiping me. I want that to happen. I need it to be solidified. And how evil is that i mean like it's i love it but also at the same time like it's extremely evil as hell and a a great villain like it's it's the makings of a really great villain, a manipulative great oh yeah yeah the manipulation the psychological stuff there is just all there and then and then as we talked about at the outset with the trauma jamil with his own trauma growing up on the streets basically being poor taking it you know, as he grows up and he's he's trying to listen to the to the old man with his teachings and it just it's like that coming of age story as a boy grows up and he gets tired of listening and he wants mm-hmm. to go off on his own and do his own thing. And you add anger to that 
and you just add anger to just be feeling that pushback. I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like I can do more. I should be able to do more. And it leads to uh, the end. And, and really, it's almost like one of those things that you see it and you, you don't like to see that. But man, you could really understand it. And I think that's the thing that the story got across. That, and it needed to get across for it to be a really good issue. No, for sure. And then also, like, how close was that to being Storm? Like, had Xavier never stepped in, like, how close is that being her, her way of life? So I think there was like some parallels there between Jamil and also Storm at his age. Because initially I thought it was going to be a little girl, but I'm like, oh, wait, nope, it's not that. So um, that's just another reason why this issue is just so great. And also it's like 52 pages long. Yeah. It's a nice, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's nice a length. You can, really, you can really get into the meat of the story. Mm-hmm. And um, it feels like it follows the three acts, the first act. Um, them walking through the streets and the girl comes through and, st- and tries to steal from them and Storm is just like showing off. It's just like, yeah, I know you're from here and I, I know this. I know this area. I understand. Let, let me just set you straight right fast. And I think that was, uh, that was this, one of the silver lining things that came later is that um, uh, Ahmed on his uh, deathbed at least was, it was able to get that message across that you can teach her and mm-hmm. you can take her down the right path even though we lost this one. Uh, to Kendra so um, that was pretty cool but yeah I thought the way that they laid out the story was uh, pretty fantastic um, you know we we start off there and then we get the Kendra stuff and I think she was introduced introduced beautifully oh, establishing her, her establishing her clear power right off the bat she obviously has ties with Gambit uh, from previous issues so that was fun to, mm-hmm. to kind of know that um, and uh, yeah, she makes an impact in that first that uh, first big fight, and I think it's important to establish that the villain, you know, not only physically can uh, can get to you, but mentally. And I think that's all. That's always the making of a good villain, for sure. Oh, for sure, because like that's the most dangerous part. You know, physicality is one thing, but that could be matched at any point. But it's the mental part because, um, you know, not everybody's psyche is that strong. Um, yeah. So it's just it's just such a great issue and then also it reminded me that gambit sometimes talks like somebody who just learned um aav because there's a lot of um you know they be and all of this and it just kind of made me laugh because i'm like yeah i'm not sure you know uh the person who was writing is like who how they thought Cajuns talk but it just it just kind of reminded me like sometimes gambit sounds like somebody who just learned that and I know it's done on purpose because it's yeah. supposed to be broken English or whatever, but it just always tickles me because <laughs> sometimes it does. I'm like that, you know, there are rules to this, this language right. and you are not following them right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what, what was one thing in this issue that you would have changed? Uh, is there something that you didn't like or something that you were like, eh, maybe I, I, I would have written this differently? Honestly, no. Okay. And I'm actually surprised because I often feel like there are a lot of things that I would do different, especially when stories are centered around Storm. But I just kind of, honestly kind of thought this one was, for what it was, done pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it was hard for me to find fault with it because, you know, like I said, it's hard to, it's hard to write something and bring something so emotional. It kind of used a story 
that we've seen before. You know, student has teacher and such and such, and and it plays out years later in a certain way. And then a villain comes in and tries tries to change things and and that stuff. It's it's a story that's been done before, but I thought that the way that they did it was very heartfelt. And um, I think like emotionally, it, especially with everything that's going on outside, um, it you, you can't help but look at it and understand it, especially you and I, like yeah. as as we as we as we kind of navigate through this stuff, not only as parents but just black people in general. I guess because um, again, like even with Storm through her trauma um, and her being as strong as she is, it's just another reminder too that you know, no matter how strong somebody is, you know, presenting themselves, uh, we all have something that, um, you know, kind of leaves us in a state that we're always either constantly dealing with or just leaves us in a state of, I I cannot be myself. Um, I can't be this strong, you know, mutant that you all know right now because of this trauma that I have that has never actually really, I've never had the chance to really deal with it. Yeah. Um, and again, because I love to slander Charles, you know, <laughs> it's just another example of, you know, some of his shortcomings uh, when it comes to his students and not ever really address, helping them address the focal point of what brought them to him. It's because they're more than just mutants. Um, and it's another thing like with the X-Men as the newer stuff comes out. I love that a lot of these other things that they deal with are being dealt with because they're mutants, but they also have all these other intersections, right? So um, that was just, again, another reminder of that. And um, Jean, I just really love when Jean and Storm can like show that bond because we, we get it, but we don't get it that much in the comics as, as I would like. Yeah. So if anything, I would just change other stuff in other comics to just kind of like really show that. Uh, but X-Men Unlimited, the series in itself, I recommend to folks to read because one, the art is just, uh, Ramita Jen, I mean, just, mm. it's just so stylish. And that's another thing that really like draw, like Yeah, it jumps out the page. It jumps out the page. Yeah. Like it's very '90s and aesthetically pleasing, um, like kind of like fashion in that way. So. Yeah. interesting i've been i've been sitting on this question for a few weeks um because mm-hmm. i saw you i saw you tweet something about the mcu and, I, and you oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had a little frustration with it you're, you're a little annoyed and you were kind of referring to black panther in the in the way that the story might have been told there um i guess to kind of relate it to this and the usual question that we'll have as a topic here is can the mcu do a story like this and um, I guess here, let me just yeah. kind of frame it for you. So, so, so what you call it, it's, so we're not going off in like two, three different directions. Yeah. But so in terms of the MCU, you found it, you said you found it loathsome. So particularly with a black story like this one, um, what about what the MCU has done? Black Panther will use as an example. 
And what, what, what worries you in terms of what they're trying to do in terms of their stories? I guess what worries me is, um, and not even just, well, I'll keep it to Black Panther, but I think the problem is that I've had for a while, I've started to feel the kind of, kind of loathing in the way that I have is <laughs> the way that um, it may encourage folks to interact with these characters. And by that, I mean, just strictly through the movies. Um, right. And the MCU is its own separate thing that you would treat it as you would treat a show or a, a, just a different X-Men run or any of that. But everything is all connected. So in that way, um, if they were to do a story like this, my fear is that they just can't cram all of that history that Storm has had in those two hours. And not that I would expect them to, but whatever that story is going to be then for a lot of folks that is how they're going to associate you know their 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 uh introduction to her so yeah. i don't like outside of black panther like i just don't know if i have the faith like i know everybody is clamoring for a storm to join the mcu um to be a part of the black panther movie which i don't want uh no <laughs> like bring monica lynn in like leave storm out of it um let her have her own story first let her have her own story it's, because she's ha had that in comics either like she has yeah. but um this just never it's not it hasn't been written by a black woman so like yeah it's it, it i that's what i kind of found with the clamoring for it they, why are people so desperate for people to be in relationships on screen? It's one of it's like I, it's one of those things where specifically with heroes, like I thought one of the cool things about Captain Marvel is uh, the the movie that they did is that oh they focus on uh, her friendship, mm -hmm. um, and they focus just on her as a as a character. And I feel like if you're going to do something, especially with a strong character like Storm, let her stand on her own. Like let her be her her own thing, and um, yeah, I think I think that's the thing. Like you you hear stuff about oh Janelle Monae wants to play oh Storm, and I'm like no, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, know. I, just, I don't know, I don't know about that. I don't think that's a good idea. Like I love um, Janelle, but no, no, I don't think I don't think that's it. But like no, but like nonetheless, nonetheless, it's like one of those things where um, I hope like they get kind of an understanding, and I think Anthony Mackie actually. Uh, voiced this a couple of weeks ago in terms of diversity and how they kind of need to just add more uh, mm -hmm. to that, to their writers' rooms and, and everything. So you hope that they continue to do it and it's not lip service. That mm -hmm. would be really cool if that were the case. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I digress. I, I really find it, um, I, I just found it fascinating that you said that because I have never really thought, I haven't thought about the, the MCU, in, particularly in that way, Usually I'm just thinking about like, oh, what are they going to do in the future? How are they going to make this all connect? But there are yeah. certain characters that kind of need, you know, room to breathe and not yeah, just, and just be shoved in. No, and just a real quick to expand upon that. So like yeah. my irritation came was, uh, so Beyonce is dropping Black is King, right? Yes. Um, and then I saw a tweet that included the word Wakandification. Uh, which was basically talking about the commodification of just different, um, you know, just, just trying to like make Africa like this one country when it's really a continent full of many countries and like yeah. take all of these um, 
you know, heritage things and just make it all one. But Wakanda in itself, uh, you you treat it as if it was a real country. Um, so it has its own um, traditions and all of that. And of course, they're inspired by other traditions, like real traditions or whatever, but you treat it as its own thing. And that's what I mean by like how folks interact with the material or just like these stories. It just like, that's not what Wakanda, Wakanda isn't this thing where someone said, yeah, let me just like, Africa is just this one country when it's continent, yeah. but this one, like, this big, big country, <laughs> one solid right. country that is all the same a monolith and all of that. And that's just not the case. So um, that's just kind of what brought on my irritation. I'm just like, oh, I do love Black Panther, but in some ways I feel because of just the way that people interact, period, when it comes to um, just certain forms of media, um, the knowledge is not all there. And just the way that I treat comics, I treat, it, treat them like these, these historical documents to an extent because they are kind of, they're reflective of what was going on at the time when the writers wrote it. Yeah. They treat it as this very meta thing, like these things exist on their own. Um, and separately so um so, so yeah that's, no, that's kind of what brought that up no and it made, it made me think over the time period and i said i was definitely going to ask this to you and i was wondering myself about about just certain stories to how they would do like new avengers young avengers all that stuff that they're planning to do and they have a lot of characters to work with and mm -hmm. that's not an easy thing like even black panther itself like you could make the argument that T'Challa and I thought it was a wonderful thing that Shuri and and the Dora Milaje was used per I felt like they were used perfectly and I thought they sh they shined they shined very brightly in that movie but at the same time it's like I also felt that T'Challa was in a way like and I don't know if it was the way that Chadwick played him but mm -hmm. he was understated to the point where I felt like not that he was an afterthought per se but it was like you know, I'm more interested in these characters than I am in the main one. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's something that they need to look into in terms of how they they flesh out a story in the future. Yeah. Oh, no, that's 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 for sure. Because every time yeah. you looked up, he was like on his butt. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, his ass whooped every time. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's interesting. But just to, just to head back to just to head back to Storm is... Is there something like in particular that you found uh, as we get to the end of the issue and um, obviously she defeats, um, is there a line that, that, that kind of, that kind of like what you call it, you just like, were like, damn, this was just perfect. Like this was the, this was the line of the, the, the story. Again, like it doesn't happen towards the end. Um, this is that again, like that face off because I just loved it so much, but she's like taking it back to the gutter. And it just, yeah. it sticked out, it stuck out to me because one, it's just Storm singing Gutter. And then also it reminded me of um, Gutter Snipe, which <laughs> is just the funniest thing to me. Like I've heard my grandmother say it before. Um, I've heard older black women say it before. And I also heard hold, heard it on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, that's what got me watching the show. So um, unfortunately, because it's not even anything that's just like this amazing thing. But to me, it was just, I just love it. Because when you think of Storm, you think of somebody who is regal, um, sometimes kind of dry, sometimes a little corny, but like just <laughs> amazing, just yeah. beautiful, powerful mutant. And 
to just kind of have her have that line and then hit her with the up, uppercut is just I loved it like I love that that story. great drawing by the way in that yes in that <laughs> show her power without her using her powers right what yeah, about for was- you Oh, for me, um, yeah, I have it written down here. I am not a goddess, Kandra, nor do I pretend to be so any longer. I am simply a woman. Ooh. Well said. Good. Yes. Well said. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, like I, I just, I just think that overcoming uh, what she had to overcome in that instance, uh, with everything around her, and then Jean supporting her, um, it really made that moment where she rises up and you see the Mm -hmm. strength in her it made it that much more um not only important but worth like worth the the journey that they took us on in the 52 pages for real and like it was a real ally moment too like you take it as that um instead of gene saying you're strong and all this other stuff um like we often hear (laughs) online is like well you're strong so you'll be fine but you know gene doesn't do that she takes the time out to recognize that her friend needs her help respects that and then goes about you know trying to pull her out from the state of mind that she was in and i'm like i feel like that's really being a one a great friend but also a great ally like helping storm uplift herself in that way but not saying you know you're better than this uh you know get it together but respecting the fact that even this really strong mutant who i fought so many battles alongside has a moment of weakness so what can i do to pull her out of that yeah 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 what did you what did you think about the end um the way that it's uh, the way that it's in obviously jameel leaves as we discussed earlier he leaves with kendra and um, Ahmed is on his uh, on his deathbed he, before he dies. He asks Storm. Well, he he first comforts her and says, "Listen, it's at the end of the day, you you did what the, the best that you could, and not only that, uh, you were able to you were able to not only show obviously your heart, but in this instance, you cannot obviously teach this young this young woman from uh, earlier in the issue. Um, it was a nice way to come full circle because mm-hmm. in the beginning they showed." Uh, storm as a child then how she was uh raised by this man and uh, how she became a a master thief and all that stuff and that was cool they did a nice job with the backstory kind of uh framing that for us uh what stood out to you in the end and uh what did you like about it the most I kind of like how like they it goes back to kind of how that first page was where you know storm gammon and gene are like off the plane and she's like well you know it is what it is at the end of the day and Mm -hmm. they you know don't question her or any of that they just kind of accept the fact that she is made peace with what's what's happened and it's just like all right on to the next adventure and not that it should be so like nonchalant but the fact is is that life is complicated and very terrible sometimes and you have to take the wins where you can get them um and i think it shows just a very um smart understanding human being to understand that and because storm could have like went after him right and like forced him to come back but what good would that have done oh she was asking she was like wait a minute you really you want to do this this is a thing that you want to do and yeah. like I said earlier, I, yeah, you don't like it, but you kind of understand it. Because right. when you're forced with the type of choices that he was, I'm sure, at that, at that point, 
Mm-hmm. You get tired of hearing, I got to wait. You get tired of hearing, I want to do some. I, I, I want to do the quote unquote right thing. Mm-hmm. After a while, when somebody gives you, as Kendra set out to do, the the allure of power and the allure of things that you thought that you could never have or you felt that people were trying to keep away from you, the idea of him doing that is so understandable. And that's like that's why I feel like this issue is really, really good because it allows you to – it allows that message to hit home that this yeah. is wrong. But you know what? I kind of get it. Well, and of course she would get it too, because again, like this was almost her life. And also it made me think to a degree, like, does she fully understand this? Because she understood that because she didn't get to necessarily go through the same hardships, like before, you know what I mean? Like had Xavier never stepped in and came and got her and she joined the X-Men, this could have easily been her life. But because Xavier interceded and he he stepped in or whatever storm later has to deal with all these troubled feelings of not really knowing like am I a goddess am I just a woman like what is my role in society like who am I basically so I think her respecting his journey and finding himself had a lot to do with the fact that her journey to an extent was not respected and her trying to find herself. And even when she gets to the point when she's with the X-Men and she is going on this journey to find herself, there are still X-Men around her that don't understand it. Kitty Pride. So it was just, I mean, I'm not sure if that's what the writer was going for, but that's what made that kind of really stick out to me that, you know, she might not agree with it, but she gets it in allowing him, unfortunately, to like, you know, find his way through this. It's his, it's his journey, so respect it. Yeah. Um, so again, Storm is a great leader. <laughs> that is a leader quality. Great, great leader. Um, X-Men uh, Unlimited, issue number seven. So a couple of quick things before we go. Mm-hmm. Um, first, um, I, what I want to do for uh, the listener is kind of take you inside what we're going to be doing as we continue continue going through these books and, and kind of reading. So, So I'm picking next. And um, I'll be picking uh, Uncanny X-Men edition 183. Mm-hmm. And, um, and kind of a backstory, people who listen to Marvel Cinematic University know that when I was younger, my mom gave me a, uh, the Best of Marvel Comics volume one as a child. So this is where this all started for me. So like as I read through the issues, it has some good Hulk stuff that eventually I'll, I'll, I'll visit here and some good, really good iconic Spider-Man stuff that uh, from the very beginning that I'll visit here. Um, there was a story towards the end, uh, The Uncanny X-Men, where we're talking about Colossus and uh, Colossus in the breakup uh, with one Kitty Pride. And I'll just leave it there, but I, I have to say it was very, it, it's, it, I remembered it back then and I took out the book yesterday and I was like, okay, I got to pick one of these. All right, I think I want to go with this one because there's just a lot, there's a lot of good gems in that one. You picked a good one. So I'm really excited to go over this one. You picked a really good one. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do next episode. But um, before we go, Steph, I know you're doing a lot of different stuff. You're doing Living Heroes. You got that whole thing going. Why don't you tell the people uh, about what you're doing with, uh, with Living Heroes? So Living Heroes, I actually just finished up the last of the scripting. Um, that was a Kickstarter that I had for a fan comic that I wanted to do um, for like this 
living single version 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 wow version i cannot talk <laughs> it's all good <laughs> of um you know these these characters that i love and adore that i felt like sometimes don't get the focus that they need or you don't get to see them in that not just being strong just being regular folks um and that's really important to me as a black woman black woman and also seeing these black women characters um she hawk is a white woman of color so that's how she ended up in a mix but um <laughs> it features storm missy knight and monica rambeau and there is um sam wilson and uh, okay. white wingfoot shows okay. up and also yukio and it's just them you know what they're doing off the clock uh just pretty hang having game night uh, looking for air conditioners, having friend, uh, Friendsgiving, uh, just simple things like that. I just kind of wanted to put them in this laid back light uh, for folks to just kind of enjoy these characters when they're not, you know, fighting. So right. Living Heroes, uh, the finished book will be out in October. Now, if you weren't uh, a backer on the Kickstarter, don't freak out. It's okay. You will be able to buy copies of this book, given if Marvel does not send me a cease and desist uh, from my website. So you will, <laughs> you will have access to it. Let's keep but, the I fingers mean, crossed. If they haven't hit, if they haven't hit me with one by now, because yeah. like, I know they know about this. I'm praying that it stays the same. And outside of that, I'm you know writing on over at uh, Fangirls, uh, mainly yes. comic stuff. I just wrote something about Wanda Maximoff and how everyone has pretty much failed her up until. Uh, what was it? House of M. This is something I've been wanting to write for a long time. We're going to uh, get there at some point. Yes. Oh, we're definitely going to get there. Yes. So uh, that's pretty much been the happenings. Okay. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. And of course, the people can follow you where? Uh, you all can follow me on Twitter and also Instagram at Steph underscore I underscore Will. Uh, there is a link to my link tree in those. Um, in both of my bios on Twitter and also Instagram uh, for the two web comics that I have, Parenthood Activate and But What If Though, they also have Instagram pages uh, for But What If Though is B-W-I-T underscore webcomic and for Parenthood Activate, real simple, Parenthood Activate uh, for Instagram. And there's also a website of the same name that you can go and check those out. Yeah, for real. Great reads. Um, I'm, I, I'm really enjoying getting into it. Uh, it it's so cool. That, that's the one thing about the internet where you can actually say, all right, it ain't that bad. You can find people who are really talented and uh, are doing some really cool things. So what you call Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading more of your work and obviously doing this with you. This is, yes. this is, really, this is really fun. We're going to dive into some of the stuff that we grew up with. So uh, very excited for that. Obviously, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AC Spotlight 95. Obviously, follow the show, uh, MC University Pod, at MC University Pod. Um, you guys should check out our last show last week that we did with Howard Bryant from ESPN. It was a really good conversation. Didn't realize how much of a comic book reader he was. So he really got into Daredevil and a lot of the, the interesting things. And he, he's a really smart dude. So he know and he's been around for a minute so like he knows like all of the stuff all of the stuff from uh the 1960s buying uh buying old daredevils and what things cost back then so uh you guys would really enjoy that show and of course yeah just uh you know keep following marvel did what and what we're gonna be doing it should be fun over the next couple of weeks because listen man there's not gonna be any content for a while in terms of with all this rona happening so might as well stick with us in the meantime 
So for Stephanie Williams, I am Anthony Canton III. For Marvel Did What, we will talk to you next time.